The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. Well, last week was the beginning of sorts for the road to the Kentucky Derby. There's a lot to talk about as far as separating the pretenders from the contenders, and that we will touch on. Spring officially kicks off tomorrow. Around seven weeks till derby time. Can you believe it? I'm glad to see the snow falling by the wayside. And if you're not where snow is at, be thankful, because I've seen plenty of it, and I've had enough of it, and I'm ready for derby time. What's happening tonight? Well, first off, we're going to recap the week in racing. We're going to talk about everything that happened last week. If you were in jail under a rock, weren't able to make it, we're going to get you caught up to speed. We're going to be talking about the biggins. Yep, the biggins. How much they paid, what you could have had, what you should have had. Upcoming races for this weekend. It's always nice to know what's on the radar. Our special guest for this week, Hall of Fame writer, Clips winning award writer, George Wolf. Memorial winner, Pat Day. Should be very interesting, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. Our man, Dangerous Dan, winners for the weekend. Dan was on fire. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about that. If you can just remember, by a runner by the name of Ah Day, and another one that I gave out with writer Julian Pimentel, they ding-dang-donged for a sweet exacta, but that's all Dan's doings there, so I just kind of rode the back half of it. Dangerous stand, then final furlong handicapping with me to make some money makers for the weekend. So we got a big show tonight. And to kick it all off, we're going to talk about a little bit of a recap of last weekend. Saw some races. Saw some races that really made a difference. I went revenge. Apparently also wanted to change the surface. And if that's the case, this Dark Bay Colt could be a major factor in the Kentucky Derby picture. I want revenge shift into New York Aqueduct from the West Coast with a record of just one from six starts on artificial surfaces. The synthetic wonder of the world, but now here he is at the Big A. He's on good old Mother Nature dirt. But in Saturday's $250,000 Gotham Stakes over the real dirt of the Big A's inner track, he was a different animal. After contesting the pace with Mr. Fantasy in the stretch run, I Want Revenge simply drew off and won easily by eight and a half lengths. Imperial Council was up for second in last strides and just bested Mr. Fantasy, and uh, he settled for third. I Want Revenge, Kentucky-bred son of Stephen Even ran the mile in the 16th and won 42-3 with JoJo Talamo in the irons. This young boy can flat out horseback. He thought the dirt would not move him up, said Jeff Mullins. Didn't know if it was what he wanted or not. Taomo was more certain. This kid is confident, 19 years old. No comparison between real dirt and synthetic, the writer said. He really took to it. When we went past the 316th pole, I was smiling. So was I. I had a little wager on him. But we'll be back in four weeks. The Wood Memorial, the last prep for the Kentucky Derby, is just four weeks away. Kentucky Oaks Prep, stardom bound, put in her usual stupendous stretch run in Saturday's $300,000 Santa Anita Oaks, but this time she had some unexpected competition in the final yards. At the end, 35 to one shot, third dawn, came within a nose of upsetting last year's juvenile Philly champ, and two more long shots. Who, why, and Nan were the only another nose and neck behind. Stardom bound was about eight wide coming down. To be honest with you, 
I have to say that trainer Bobby Frankel tightened her up with this. Mike Smith does not get a horse in this kind of trouble. Eight wide and gets up by the length of a playing card. She worked pretty hard against the girls. Now she's really going to have to prove herself to handle the likes of Pioneer of the Nile, etc. And if they want to go forward, Frankel says, I'm willing to go forward. Sounds good to me. I like to see when the girls step up. And uh, those were two of the big ones that really kind of stick out in my noggin. And I Want Revenge really kind of caught my eye. And if you weren't watching, you really missed a great opportunity. And you can pick it up on many of the, many of the sites. Blood Horse, Thoroughbred Times, they all show recaps of the races. Speaking of some biggins, let's take a look at Friday, March 6th, winningponies.com, 97 total biggins. Big of the day, Penn National, race nine, a Superfecta key, $6,842.60. Not a bad biggin at all. Turfway Park, race nine, was second with $3,800 for a nice Superfecta. Sweet. And then we move on to Saturday, March 7th, 119 total biggins. Winner of the day was Turfway Park, race 10, super high five key, $11,442.20. Incredible numbers there. Winning Ponies was definitely on their game. And then we're going to Sunday, March 8th, 75 total biggins. Topper of the day, Turf Paradise, race number six, a trifecta. $25.20. These guys were on fire. Monday, March 9th, 22 total biggins, $1,758 for Louisiana Downs. Not a bad Monday at all. Not a bad day at the office. Tuesday, March 10th. 43 total biggins, Will Rogers Downs. Race number three, a Superfecta, 35,493 even. Second, right behind it, was Louisiana Downs Race 5, a Superfecta, $34,740.40. What a Tuesday indeed. Wednesday, March 11, 54 total biggins. The winner of the day was Charlestown. Race number three, Superfecta, $2,955 and... 60 cents. Thursday, March 12th, 54 total biggins. Winner of the day, Aqueduct races four through nine, a pick six, $5,011 even. So those were the biggins. Hope you were aboard. Winning Ponies is always there, and we're always there for you. And hopefully we can make your day a whole lot more fun at the races, a lot more profitable at that. Some news from around the nation. Frank Brothers calling it quits after a 30-year career. What a guy. This guy is a class act. Frankie Brothers is retiring at the end of March after a 30-year training career that spanned with 2,291 victories, including the 1991 Preakness and Belmont Stakes with three-year-old champion Hansel. He says, I'm 62. I'm not too old, but I'm getting a little long in the tooth, said the Louisville-based Brothers whose other horses are currently in Florida. I've had a great career for a little guy, and I have no regrets. The only other factor is my opportunities continue to play on the high end. We're getting a little lighter. Well, let me tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. He's a little modest. This guy is a class act, and, uh, and I think he was downplaying a little bit. Frankie Brothers, job well done. Future exactopools, by most accounts and simply by looking at wagering trends, the Kentucky Derby future wager had a bit of a passe as a win-only wager. Now we're able to play exactas. I know, we've got derby fever, and it is upon us in full heat. Churchill Downs is always coming up with something new and innovative. I'm going to run down the field for pool number two. Number one is Bears Rocket, 50-1. to one. Number two is Beethoven, 30-1. to one. Three is Big Drama, 30-1. to one. Number four, my favorite, Chocolate Candy, 30-1. to one. Number five is Desert Party, 30 to 1. Number six, Dunkirk, 12 to 1. Number seven, Flying Pegasus, 20 for your one. Number eight, Freezing Fire, 12 to 1. Larry Jones, another class act. General Quarters, 30 for your one. Giant Oak, 20 to 1. Hello Broadway, 30 to 1. I want revenge, and boy, did he get it last week in the Gotham. With JoJo Talamo, 10 to 1. Very nice price. Imperial Council, 20 to 1. Old Fashioned, 8 to 1. Number 15, Papa Clem at 15 to 1. Number 16, Patina, 15 to 1. 
Number 17, Pioneer of the Nile, 10 to 1. Bob Baffer training, always dangerous. Every time Bullet Bob brings one to the paddock, always dangerous. Number 18, Quality Road, 12 to 1 after an impressive fountain of youth victory. Number 19, Silver City, 30 to 1. Number 20, Take the Points, 30 to 1. Number 21, I love this name, the Pamplemousse, 10 to 1. Good luck, Julio Canani. Number 22, there goes JoJo, 15 to 1. Number 23, Westside Bernie, 30 to 1. And all other three-year-olds, eight for your one. Very nice value indeed. Speaking about a class act, our next segment is our special guest of the week, Hall of Fame writer, George Wolf Memorial Award winner, and one daggone good guy. Mr. Pat Day is going to be joining us here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Beauty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. We're here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. By Pacific, depending on which side of the coast you live on, it is during this segment that we have our special guest of the week, and Winning Ponies is honored to have Hall of Fame rider Mr. Pat Day. Good evening, Pat. How are you? Good evening, Ed. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. How about yourself? Very well, sir, and thanks for taking your time to join us this evening. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Well, you know, I was looking over your bio, and uh, I think I'd have to have at least six uh, six breasts. Uh, it's it's quite uh, quite a, da- a daunting uh, uh, appearance professionally. Uh, it was very inspiring to watch you ride. I-, I have to preface it with that that it was a, it was a whole lot of a whole lot of fun over the years. Well, we we were tremendously blessed uh, blessed to have been raised up in a good home, uh, blessed to have been led out of the mountains of Colorado and into the wonderful world of racing. Uh, where it was obvious I'd been entrusted with a tremendous amount of talent and ability and uh, and received numerous opportunities to showcase that talent. Uh, you know, we, we got to ride some of the best horses in the world, and and uh, I'm eternally, eternally grateful for that. You know, you made mention of being an athlete and, and some of your other uh, and, and some of your other press clippings. Uh, all of your life, uh, I believe you were involved in wrestling as a younger man and bull riding. Can you enlighten our listeners on how you got started, actually, before you got your first boot up? Well, I, I did wrestle in high school. I've, I've always been small in stature, small in size. I've, I, in the eighth grade, I weighed 63 pounds. Uh, for uh, freshman year of high school, I had grown up to about 90 pounds. 
and the only sport that I could really participate in to any degree was was wrestling, and and um, so I put my whole heart into that. Had a wonderful uh, wrestling career throughout high school. Uh, immediately, and during that time, I was also involved in the rodeo team, uh, trying to ride bulls and bareback horses. Uh, I pursued a career as a bull rider immediately out of high school. Met with a very limited amount of success, but uh, met a number of people that uh, suggested, because of my small stature and competitive nature, that uh, maybe I should look into being a jockey. And uh, one gentleman had given me his name and number and told me if I ever had a desire to do that, that uh, he knew some people and would help get me started. And in January of 1973, uh, he got me a job on a thoroughbred farm in Riverside, California. Uh, That was the introduction to the great sport of horse racing. Well, that was that was definitely uh, uh, you know our uh, our benefit to see you fly your trade. I have to ask you the hard question: which is harder, a thoroughbred or a bull? Oh, a bull by far. (laughs) Absolutely. No, it was a it was a wonderful career choice. Uh, whoever made the recommendation suggesting that I be a jockey was wonderful counsel. Uh, I dare say I had limited ability on the back of a bull, and, and uh, I've got the utmost respect for those bull riders. I, you know, I, I still enjoy watching it tremendously. Uh, the PBR on TV, is it, it gets my attention every time it comes on, and as I said, I've got the utmost respect for those guys, but it's, uh, it's a decidedly more dangerous and, and hazardous profession uh, than, than riding racehorses. They're definitely as tough as a nickel steak, and uh, I see these guys, and they're in tremendous shape. It's just scary just watching them uh, when you see those horns are flying. But, Pat, with all the mounts you've had over the years, are there a few that stand out in your mind? Oh, goodness, yes. Um, You know, I I was able to ride some of the best of the best, Uh, theatrical, uh, uh, oh, geez, now now I'm pulling a blank. Uh, (laughs) It's a long list. The year is a two-year-old. Lady Secret was Horse of the Year. Uh, you know, I just, uh, uh, Easy Goer, he was the best horse I ever rode. Uh, with anticipation, a tremendous grass horse that catapulted me to the lead in the in the Money One category. Uh, of course, the, the, the highlight of my racing career was the Derby in 1992 when I was blessed with the opportunity to ride Little E.T., and, and he carried me to victory that day. That was, uh, that was the, the absolute epitome. Uh, and speaking of epitome, I won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile on epitome the same year theatrical won the Breeders' Cup uh, Mile and a Half Grass. So, you know, the the list goes on and on, and I'm I'm sure that uh, if I had a fair amount of time and an opportunity to to dig out my old feeble memory, I could I could call up a whole lot of great names. Uh, I remember Thomas, Thomas when Wall was it was one of them. Um, uh, Dance smartly won the triple uh, Canadian Triple Crown. Yes, very impressive runner indeed. Uh, you know, I guess that that was a pretty tough question to answer when when your uh, when your your legacy goes on and on and where do you begin, where do you end, and, and I guess it would be not fair to leave anyone out. But you know, when you mentioned Little E.T., it seems like yesterday it was uh, once upon a time it was the Jim Beam Stakes at Turfway Park when I got to see my first glimpse of Little E.T. <laughs> and he won very handily that afternoon. Uh, came back after that, ran second. Uh, to Pine Bluff and the Arkansas Derby, and then came back and and uh, won the Kentucky Derby uh, with authority. Although it was one of the slower uh, Kentucky Derby times, uh, just um, but they, you know, time only means something if you're behind bars, so they say. <laughs> you know, I've I've heard that before, and I hope hopefully I would never be there or even locked in a closet for that matter. But I, I I've heard that before, but uh, I remember. Uh, Watching you ply your trade, I, I got to catch you in action mainly, Keelan. As a rider, would you prefer to be on the leader coming off the pace? You know, I really didn't have a preference. Um, you know, I, I, I was—I I feel that I was equally adept at either. Uh, I had a wonderful communication uh, going on with the horses, uh, part of the God-given talent and ability that I'd been entrusted with. Horses just wanted to do what I wanted them to do, whether that was to settle in the early stages or get down on their belly and give me their very best effort. And consequently, uh, and I was a very, I was a, 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 what I would call an intuitive rider. Uh, certainly wouldn't put myself down as the smartest rider in the book, uh, but I was an intuitive rider. I, I rode the race the way it came up and the way the horse was running up underneath of me, and oftentimes what I'd done in the body of a race would defy all logic. Uh, if you was to read a Race Riding 101, sometimes the things that I'd done uh, went totally contrary to that. Uh, but it was what I felt was necessary and right at the time, and it ultimately equated to success. So uh, I, I, I really didn't have a preference. Um, uh, it was, it was um, 
And again, I, I, I felt that I was equally adept at either. I know you've heard it over the years, the name of Patient Pat, because you had the the calm, the maturity. I, I guess uh, the ice, water, and the veins. Uh, hence, you uh, you you were you were honored with the George Wolf Memorial Award, uh, the Ice Man, and uh, and and we always knew as Patient Pat coming down the lane. You always held just enough in the tank to actually uh, finish finish the race in impressive fashion. I saw a picture of you. You were walking through the tunnel at Keeneland, and you had your arm around John McKee, a young John McKee, and it looked like you were giving him advice, and the name of the picture was Passing the Baton. Mm. Uh, I, I would like to have a copy of that picture. It uh, was that, incredible. That, Actually, a very good friend of mine took the shot, and uh, I will definitely let him know about that. It was super. You had your arm around him, and you, it just looked to be... Uh, I'm going to say a big brother's advice that when when I watch John McKee in the saddle, and and it's just not myself. They say that uh, he, he looks like looks like a younger Pat Day. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's short like me, uh, but he does have a seat very similar to mine, and he and uh, he got good hands, uh, rides a good race, and uh, and on top of that, he's he's a decidedly more settled and mature individual at his age than I was at that age. I'll, I'll promise you that. I was I was uh, wild and crazy until I was 30. Well, and, and that leads us right into, right into the very next question of what achievements as a rider were you most proud of in your life? As a rider? Yes, sir. Oh, goodness. You know, going back to the, to the horses that I rode, I, 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 it would be hard to, to pay, pick out uh, just one or two out of that, out of that group of who's who that I was blessed with the opportunity to ride. But there, I think there were three races uh, that played a significant role in, in my career. Obviously, the first uh, race that I ever won uh, aboard a horse called Four Blunts, July 29, 1973, uh, a horse called Dana's Woof Woof, who nobody ever heard of, but he uh, enabled me to secure the national riding title in, in 1982, uh, December 31st at Delta Downs. And then Wild Again, who catapulted me to the into the real limelight. I think that the victory aboard Wild Again in the inaugural Breeders' Cup Classic uh, and, and the notoriety and exposure that I received through and from that race really catapulted my career to the next level and, and started making thereafter opportunities uh, to, to ride in major races all over the country. And not just to ride in the races, but to ride choices in those races. I was, I was being given opportunities to ride the best of the best from that point forward. Pat, as a man of great faith, when did this change your life as a rider? January 27th, 1984 uh, was the evening that, uh, that I bent my knee and invited Christ to take his rightful place on the throne of my heart. And that was a real turnaround in my life. I, I, was, I was slowly dying on the vine. Uh, from, the, from the outside, you would think that I had it all together and things were going relatively well, but uh, nothing was as it was perceived to be. Uh, but when I committed my life to Christ, I was immediately delivered from the bondage of drugs and alcohol, uh, started recognizing, realizing that I'd been blessed with tremendous talent and ability and that God was making available opportunities on great horses to, to showcase this talent. I started appreciating and respecting what I had and the opportunities, started focusing on my job, uh, and, and uh, my career graph from that point forward went straight up. You know, I'd had a significant amount of success from the time I started uh, for the first 10 years. But uh, when, when that event occurred, when I committed my life to Christ in January of 84, uh, it, took a, it, it went straight up from there. And, uh, and I know that uh, my love and trust in the Lord played a, played a major factor. It, it got me focused. It got me grounded. Uh, and, and from that point forward, I, I, st- I began standing on the promises of God and specifically the, the scripture in the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, the 28th verse, and it says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I knew that I was called to be a jockey, that that's where the Lord wanted me to be, that I was doing what he would have me to do, and I was doing it to the very best of my ability. And, and standing on that scripture and my love and trust in the Lord uh, eliminated the fear of failure and really enabled me to go out there chock full of confidence every race, whether it was the first race on Wednesday afternoon or whether it was a Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, just, you know, ready to give my very best effort, not overly concerned about winning or losing, uh, leaving the results in the hands of the Lord, knowing that I was capable and able of making mistakes, 
but not overly concerned about that. And, and so the, 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 the pressure of the big money days, the big money races, the major races, uh, that didn't materialize for me. I just, I just let it go and let God and, and I put forth my best effort. And, and I think the horses responded to and from that. Uh, and consequently, we were able to, uh, to enjoy an incredibly successful racing career. Well, definitely a ride it was, and as a fan, once again, I reiterate uh, what a joy it was to watch you ply your trade and, and how, enjoy, how enjoying it was to, to watch you come back and, uh, and signal up to the sky, uh, and, and you could see that it was very heartfelt every time you entered the winter circle, and as I said, mainly I caught you down at Keeneland and uh, watching you ride, and it was always a joy, but you seem to be a busy man, and, and I read up on you quite a bit. What have you been doing since you left the game of racing? Well, when, when the Lord led me to retire back in 2005, and i got to say, I didn't come to that decision easily. I, I wrestled long and hard with the Lord about, about that. I, personally, I wanted to stay in racing. I wanted to continue riding, and, uh, uh, but the Lord had other things for me to do. And, and, but since that time, I've been uh, fully committed to the, to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, very involved with the ministry of the racetrack chaplaincy, uh, which I, when I got uh, committed my life to Christ in '84. Immediately thereafter, when the Lord revealed to me that he had saved me to work within racing, not to leave it, uh, I became involved with and supportive of this ministry called the Racetrack Chaplaincy of America. Then, as now, it is the only ministry that's endeavoring to bring the love of Jesus Christ uh, to the horse industry. And uh, since my retirement, uh, I've been able to commit more of my time and energy towards that ministry, uh, as well as the ministry of our Lord at large. I, I do a, a fair amount of, of guest speaking at local churches, youth groups, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, prayer breakfasts. Uh, I was blessed uh, several years ago to, to, uh, to speak at the governor's prayer breakfast over in Frankfurt. And, and, uh, and then I, I help my wife, uh, support my wife, I should say. Uh, she has a ministry called Mom's Closet Resource Center for, uh, where she helps single mothers uh, to get a, a, a higher education, become positive contributing factors in society, uh, and I, I support her and I help her in that. I don't do any of the uh, hands-on work, obviously, but uh, I help support her and, and raise funds for an awareness of that ministry. So it's, it's all ministry-related. I, I just have a, an overwhelming desire to share the love of Jesus Christ uh, and the salvation that's available through the cross of Christ uh, with any and all that would, uh, that would give me their ear. Well, you were exciting to watch on the track, and you're an inspiration off of May I ask, is there anything that the average fan can do to help the Racetrack Chaplaincy of America? Well, we're, you know, that we have 77 chaplains ministering at uh, 116 or 117 different racetracks uh, throughout North America, uh, always in need of volunteers, always, always need, in need of prayer, prayer support, uh, and certainly financial support if they would be so led, uh, especially in the downturn in the economy, obviously, uh, everybody's uh, hurting right now, and, and uh, the racetrack ministry uh, can, can always use your funds. But uh, at the very least, if you'd uh, keep our chaplains and our ministry in your prayers, uh, and uh, if you're at, at or close to a racetrack and, and uh, feel so led to uh, volunteer, we're, we're always open to, to some help. Well, that I know will be... Uh... Well, definitely heated, and I've seen your advertisement and programs and commercials and such, so I know it's getting out to the mass public. Pat, I have to ask you, as an up-and-coming rider, what advice would you give to that young man or woman just starting their career? Oh, goodness. Uh, what, what advice? Work hard. Keep your nose clean. Be squeaky clean. Uh, and be honest. Uh, to a fault. Uh, may, keep, keep your reputation intact. Uh, don't do anything that... Your, your reputation is the one thing uh, that you can never retrieve. If, if uh, you take a walk on the wild side and, and you tarnish your reputation or tarnish, your, tarnish that, you, you can't eliminate that. That's something that you'll carry with you forever. So uh, as you be, make wise choices. Uh, conduct yourself in a manner that... that uh, uh, that would reflect well on yourself and on your profession. Uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Respect your fellow man. Um, just live right. Uh, there, there, there's a saying, you can't go wrong doing right. Uh, so give, give some thought to what you're doing and, and then do the right thing. I think we could all learn from that, not just riders. I, I think that uh, I've spoken as a consummate professional and, uh, as I said, one that uh, 
has inspired us off and on the track. Uh, Pat, I, I know you've been kind of glancing at the uh, at the scene. Uh, it has to be kind of tough as uh, living in Louisville. Uh, Derby fever, if, if there was a horse out there that you could actually pick up for this year's Derby, do you have any preference? Oh, goodness. You know, I've, I've been watching that just at arm's length and haven't been paying real close attention. Uh, so, no, I, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to give you an answer on that one right now. I would oh, just say I it, it, would, it would be an honor just to have you aboard anyone, to be I, honest with you. I'm sorry? It would be an honor to have you aboard just any one of them, because I know that uh, every trainer would have full confidence in your ability. Well, that's kind of you to say that. You know, I was privileged to participate in that grace 22 times, and when you think about it, I was one for 22, so... Uh, I don't know if you'd want my choice or not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe you could take my choice and throw them out in that regard. But uh, what a great race, and, and what a joy and a privilege and a pleasure it was to have participated. And as I'd said early on in the conversation, the highlight of my racing career was when the Lord blessed us with victory aboard Little E.T. Uh, back in 1992 for trainer Lynn Whiting and my dear friend, uh, owner Cal Partee. So it was, it was uh, you know, it's, it is the event uh, in the Bluegrass State. I can still see the orange and polka dots as, just like it was yesterday, and I can still hearing you going on. You can see the emotion in, in your face, your voice, your gestures. It, you know, for the patient man, you were excited that day, and, and it really came through. And, and I was just uh, a little younger man watching on TV, and I was just as excited, especially after watching him win on the gym beam. Mm-hmm. Pat, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for taking your time to be with us. It was definitely a pleasure to watch you on the track and you're truly an inspiration in life. Well, we appreciate the opportunity to be on your program, Ed, and uh, uh, God bless you and all of your listeners. Uh, Keep looking up. Thank you, sir. God bless. Thank you very much. That's been Pat Day, Hall of Fame writer and consummate professional, and as I said, one of the good guys in racing. Well, it's time to head into a break. When we return, we're going to be talking with Dangerous Dan and his plan for the weekend, so stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then. Time passes. And the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. 
Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Yeah, welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. We're here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern or 5 Pacific, depending on the left or right coast. We're always talking about the sport of kings. Speaking about a king, we're going to talk to one right now, one Mr. Dangerous Dan. Good evening, Dangerous. Dan, I got one word for you. Lay it on me. Wow. Wow? That day. Wow. Isn't he's class personified, isn't he? Yes, he, he definitely he is a class act. He, he, he truly is. I know you're a man of great faith, and and uh, and I and I know you would have uh, you would appreciate as many as of our listeners did. I I I have to say that uh, I've I've spoken to many over and radio, TV, racetracks, uh, and I I have to say that I feel like about an 18 year old kid starstruck. Yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> He's, he's, he's one heck of a guy. Just to kind of touch on it, Dan, real quick, Hall of Fame rider in 1991 wins a George Wolf Award in 85 for riders who demonstrate the highest standards of professional and personal conduct. 1995 Mike Venezia Award for Sportsmanship and Citizenship won the U.S. Triple Crown races nine times. The only rider to have ridden one mountain each of the first 20 Breeders' Cup ranks. And he ranks second overall in Breeders' Cup winners. And that's not even half of what I have on Pat. Can you believe that? Yes, I can. I can't believe it. I thought one of his greatest rides I, I was on an unbridled Elaine in the disc F. And uh, if you ever get the chance to watch that race, go back and watch. It was, it was muddy. It might have even been sloppy. The horse just came from nowhere. It, it was like just shot into the picture and just drew off. And, Dan, he, he was, it was a whole lot of fun to listen to. I, I kind of pulled it, uh, kind of pulled it tight because I was very excited to have uh, have a guest that caliber. But let me talk about this week's races real quick. Uh, we have at Aqueduct, we have the Cicada, Los Al. We have the Ivan Ashman Handicap Quarter Horses, Sunland Park, the Bill Thomas Memorial, Tampa Bay Downs, the Tampa Bay Derby, the Florida Oaks, the Hillsboro Turf Dash, Turf Paradise goes to the Mesa Handicap, the Tempe Handicap, and the Scottsdale Handicap. Fairgrounds, big weekend there, eh, Danny boy? Louisiana Derby, the Mervyn Muniz Handicap, New Orleans Handicap, Fairgrounds, Oaks, Duncan Kenner Stakes, Bienville, the Bachman, out of Golden Gate Fields, the Work, the Crowd Handicap, Laurel has the Conover, Oaklawn Park has the Rebel, Santa Anita, the San Felipe, and the Santa Anita <laughs> Invitational Handicap. Quite a weekend of racing, eh? It's a big weekend. Okay, and speaking of big weekends, where do we start with you, me boy? Let's go out to uh, the 4th of Santa Anita, uh, 72nd running of the San Felipe. It's grade two race for three-year-old Colts and Geldings. Uh, Pioneer to now, Ed, stands out in here, ridden by Garrett Gomez, trained by Bob Barefoot. I look for this horse to be uh, one of the probably top four or five choices on Derby Day if he, if he keeps winning like he is. Um, I think he stands out. I think he might get four to five maybe, maybe three to five. Um, but he looks to be the best in this field. Danny, I, I can only say I, I fully agree with you. Keeneland sales purchase in 07 for $290,000. Three-year-old son of Empire Maker, all of this you're well aware of. Bob Baffert winning at 16%. He's actually won for two at Santa Anita. Were you impressed with I Want Revenge this weekend at Aqueduct? Yes, I was. Um, he beat my choice last week, and... He he kind of just drew off in the stretch, like he just pushed a button and he just drew off. Well, the reason um, I mention that Pioneer of the Nile has beaten him twice, but that was on synthetic. Do you think uh, now this race is on synthetic? Uh, San Felipe, we both agree on Pioneer of the Nile. Second off a layoff, just shot a real nice bullet of San Anita, fifty-eight and four, going five panels, the best of eighty-six works. Do you think Pioneer of the Nile will be tested? when this three-year-old colt goes to the dirt? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, the simple fact is it's a different game on dirt, and, you know, the poly, the, the poly tracks and, and the, the synthetic tracks, you know, Tapita, Pro-Ride, Poly, whatever you want to call them, it's a different game. Um, you see a lot, of, a lot of horses coming from off the pace very nicely. On the dirt, you, you, you nurse a, a 48 on Derby Day, and you might not get caught. On the poly, they're running 48s and 50s at Turfway left and right. They're cheaper claimers, of course, but and they're getting ran down by 
four and five horses. So you're right. Time doesn't mean as much from, from what I've seen. I, I, I do agree with that. I, but Dan, I, I have to ask you about Pioneer of the Nile. We keep coming back to this. He's faced midshipmen, Square Eddie. Now these early on Street Hero. These were the who's who early on in 2008 that were uh, ones to watch around the radar screen, but it looks like uh, he's picked up his game where he left it off. He's picked up his game. He's even beat Chocolate Candy. And um, I, he stands out in this race. The only other horse I really think that, that, you, you, that has a shot at second is Kelly Leak, who's a great two winner. Uh, he won the best pal back in August, going six and a half, and got DQ'd and was placed fourth. Um, he, he seems to be improving, and I look for him to maybe uh, get second. He did uh, run against this one's for Phil in the Sunshine Million Dash, went off 6-1 to one and ran third. You saw what uh, this one's for Phil did last week, as we talked about, I believe, a couple weeks ago, Ed. Uh, yes, we did. I like your Kelly Leak. I also like New Bay with Joe Talamo for uh, Dick Mandela, lightly raced son of QV. Uh, was an Ocala Breeder sales purchase of $310,000, so somebody came out with a checkbook, high and mighty. Dan, so we agree on Pioneer of the Nile, but before we go any further and we head out to our first break, quickly encapsulate your big win from last weekend. All day, uh, King Leatherberry. Uh, I think it was Sheldon Russell was the rider. Yes. Uh, just got up and nipped your horse. Uh, all day, page 1620. And I believe we completed an $88 exact, Ed. That's my man. Our top choices there. That's why the dangerous one's on the other end of this phone, ladies and gentlemen. Danny, it's time to head into a break. Can you stay for the remainder? I sure will, Ed. Dan, it will be our pleasure. Okay, time to head into another break. When we return, it's going to be final furlong time, and Dangerous Dan's going to buckle down tight. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes. And the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. This is our final furlong. As we kick it up, we got our man Dangerous Dan online. Dangerous, are you there? I am here, Ed. Dangerous, we've talked about Pioneer of the Nile. We talked about probably one of the one of the best guys in racing. One of the most interesting to listen to. Agreed? Uh, definitely. Uh, ditto. 
<laughs> ditto to that. I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm still, uh, still smiling. I had a great time uh, chatting with Pat, and, and I know our listeners did as well. Dan, pick us up where we need to be, and we were at Santa Anita when we left off. Let's uh, go to the 8th of Santa Anita, the Santa Margarita Invitational Handicap, a grade one for Phillies and Maris, four-year-olds and upward. Very competitive field here. A lot of money is going to be bet on Life is Sweet. Uh, trained by John Sheriffs, written by Garrett Gomez. Usually Smith is Sheriff's guy, but Gomez and Sheriff, when they team up, are 67%. I'm going to try to beat him or beat her. I'm going to take a look here at Santa Ter- Teresita, Joe Talamo, who uh, won on your big horse last week in the, in the Gotham Ed. Uh, rode this horse last time at 13 to 1 in a grade 1. Shocked me that this horse was this. Philly Mare was 13 to 1. If you go back and look at her chart, she's got Zenyatta on there three times and Hysterical Lady on there. Tough to assist. This horse, this Philly has been facing, I think, better horses than anybody in this field. And I think that uh, you ain't going to get 13 to 1 on her on Saturday. I, but I would agree take with her. You. I would take her in life as sweet, Ed, and box them up. But I, I'd put the, the win in on Santa Ter- Teresita. I think the public fell asleep a little bit, and for the ones that actually backed were paid, it was a, it was a handsome number that this uh, mare uh, by Lemon Drop Kid actually turned in. Four for six in the money at Santa Anita. Eric Ulay is the conditioner. Joe Joe Talamo, this kid can flat out ride. Also, Danny Boy, I like Magical Fantasy. Uh, Patrick Gallagher. Now, this guy is a trainer of trainers and just ran a beautiful, nice second in the La Canada grade two event. Uh, Against life is sweet, Danny boy. Uh, I'm really liking that turf. Switching over to Polly. Looks like the Polly uh, suits this filly just fine. Yeah, she actually ran on the Polly over in Britain, too, Ed. Uh, yep, <laughs> good point there. And and as I just said, uh, Patrick Gallagher being uh, a trainer of trainers uh, where he heralds from. All right, Danny boy, where are we heading to? Let's go to the 6th of Fairgrounds, Ed. The oh, Fairgrounds big day of Fairgrounds. Yes, the 6th of Fairgrounds. Lay it on it. Fairgrounds Oaks for Phillies. Uh, let's take a look at the three here. Rachel Alexander. Rachel Alexander, is the, I believe, is the best Philly in this race. I don't think just anybody in this field can beat her. That's all I really got to say about it. It might be a, a better race to watch than the bet. You can use four gifts underneath of her and maybe also Flying Spur. I'll just say ditto. Calvin Burrell, second off a layoff. Uh, three-year-old daughter, Medallia Oro, Dan, uh, was was the heavy, heavy favorite last time out off the shelf, coming out of the golden rod off of a victory. They put her on the shelf as a victory as a two-year-old, comes right back and picks her game up as three-year-old. I, I, I like four gifts for second and maybe African skies to maybe to complete my exacta. But then, you know what, I'm also going to use your runner as well because I think that uh, after last week's little performance with Odd Day nosing me out at the wire, I think I'd be remiss to leave your runner out. Where we go from here, Danny Boy? Let's go to the seventh of Fairgrounds, the New Orleans Handicap, Grade Two, for four-year-olds and up upwards. Uh, going a mile and eight. Uh, love Secret Getaway, Ed. The three might be a price. Uh, just got beat by Honest Man, who's in here. Good and lucky, and brother Nicholas. Uh, improved position last time, but look since that race, Ed. Four straight bullet works. Something's woken up this horse, and I think he's going to show it on Saturday. The sleeping giant has been. Awake and I kind of like Honest Man a little bit. Gabe Saez for Larry Jones. Now, with a little bit of luck, Larry Jones is going to be our guest of the week next week. So, I like Honest Man. So, we're going to box those two up, Danny, and we're going to press on. And where do we go from there? Go to the 8th of Fairgrounds, Ed. 8th of Fairgrounds. 17th running of the Mervyn Muniz Jr. Memorial Handicap. Say that three times fast. Yeah, I can't even say it once. You fired up, buddy. Four-year-olds and upward going a mile and eighth on the turf. A uh, very competitive field here. I'm going to take a shot again with a horse I believe is going to be a price, the one Windward Islands. Windward Islands just got beat last time, went off the favorite in the uh, Fairgrounds Handicap, grade three race. Got beat by Diamond Tycoon. Since that race, Diamond Tycoon has is, is, uh, been injured and is uh, out of training for a while. But if you look around at the horses Diamond Tycoon on their charts, Timeless Fashion uh, beat this horse. It's not on his chart right here. You can't see it. Uh, she won it, or he won at Turfway, the stakes race at Turfway. Horses that are coming out of the out of races on Diamond Tycoon's chart seem to be doing well. I like Windward Island. Corey Lannery for Mark Frosted. 
They're 0% for the year, 0% lifetime, but or for the meat. But I think that may change. The horse seems to uh, like, I like this horse's running style. I look for this horse to be coming off the pace. Is a five-year-old gelding by Cuisine. You know, I kind of like, uh, I like your runner respectfully. Uh, Corey Lannery, Mark Frost, uh, did a tremendous job in Canada. And he, anywhere he, uh, he saddles them, uh, they, they come ready to roll. I like Soldiers Dancing here and uh, Rafael Bejarano shipping into Fairgrounds. You know, Fairgrounds is the only place they can run a 54 half and still close. When you spoke about, uh, I think Pat Day brought it up best when he said the only place that time counts is in jail. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the, I saw them turn a frozen 52, and I mean, I think you and I could run that fast. And they closed from dead last at the fairgrounds. Rafael Bejarano, this guy doesn't ship in for nothing, and I'm going to take Soldier's Dancer, and I'm going to pair it up with your runner. Danny, finish this out of fairgrounds. All right. Uh, one thing, too, Ed. Yeah. Bejarano opted off of Pred. Proudinski in this race. I'm Ooh. boxing Proudinski with my choice. I want to let you know that. Okay, let's go to the ninth of Fairgrounds, Louisiana Derby. Um, I, I simply here cannot bet the favorite. I love Larry Jones. I, I can't take the odds I think I'm going to get. I'm going to take a shot with Giant Oak. I think Giant Oak, uh, he had all kinds of trouble in the Risen Star uh, with two-to-one favorite, lacked room, got blocked, checked, uh, all kinds of trouble. Uh, I'm going to give this horse another shot with James Graham in the iron for Chris Block. The three-year-old Colt by Giants Causeway out of a crafty prospector mare. I look for this horse with an improved trip to get the job done. And I do like Freezing Fire second and also love Papa Clem to hit the board. I think Papa Clem's going to be very impressive, but uh, that poly track to the main track, you know, can he actually uh, transport it? We'll only find out. I like Giant Oak, and I think you're going to get a better price Four to one, the opening line. James Graham, he's no stranger to the winner's circle, and I saw that. I saw the same race that you did last time out, Dan, and it was a brutal beating for Giant Oak. Edgar Prado had nowhere to go, and he was just guessworking all the way down. Danny, I think that is all the time that we have for this week. Uh, we we had a great guest. Would you not agree to that? Uh, best show yet, Ed. I was a whole lot of fun, and Dan. Time flies when you're talking horse racing, and this week is no exception. On behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank Mr. Pat Day for joining us, and you, my good friend Dangerous Dan, for his picks and selections for the weekend. Until next week, may all your winners be many and your photos be few. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.